Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Every day we stand in an epic spiritual battle between good and evil, and safety is of the Lord. This is Truth Dealer Radio. Warning believers to wake up and be sober, encouraging believers to stand on the Word of God, and motivating believers to be truth dealers with a bold witness for Jesus Christ in these end times. And now the host of Truth Dealer Radio, Brian Moonen. It's Truth O'Clock. Praise God. Welcome back to Truth Dealer Radio. I'm Brian Moonen. I'm sounding the alarm, asking you to wake up. Enjoying the battle for truth, and the truth is God's word. The word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit, and of the joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart, Hebrews 4.12. Again, welcome back to Truth Dealer Radio. Today's show, we have a guest, Susan Grady. Susan is a survivor of a place called Hepzibah House, which claims to be a place to send young girls to help them become better Christians. In reality, it is a house of horrors, Hepzibah House. It is a satanic place where the girls have been abused in the past, starved. It's a very disturbing topic. And as I was studying this last year, I came across Susan's information and I contacted her and we're finally able to put together this interview. Thank the Lord, because I really want to get this subject out. We need to pray about this. We need to pray for these girls because this place, Hepzibah House, is still open and other places like it are still open and they're being funded by Baptist churches. All right, not by Pope Francis not by whoever else. These places are being funded by independent fundamental Baptists, Southern Baptists, other kinds of Baptists, other denominations too. And they rake in the cash and God only knows what happens to these girls. It's very disturbing. Listener discretion is advised. Susan went through some terrible things and we're not getting too graphic in this interview, but it is a dark subject matter. And I believe it needs to be exposed here on Truth Dealer Radio. So without any of my further talking, I'm going to cut right into the interview with Susan Grady, survivor of Hepzibah House. We'd like to welcome Susan Grady to the program, Truth Dealer Radio. Welcome, Susan. Uh, thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you um, for joining us today. Unfortunately, Susan, I was studying some matters over a year ago and I came across facts that have to do with um, your life and things that happened to you directly. And it involves, I was studying the independent fundamental Baptist churches and along with the Southern Baptists. And um, 
I really couldn't believe what I was learning, and I've wanted to do a show about it, and I really don't know where to begin. But there are several girls' schools and boarding schools. I, I don't even want to call it a school, but it's a place where they send children. And I really want to start there because aside from what even happened to you, I just wanted to tell this and say this to my listeners. Parents are supposed to raise their children. And according to yeah. the Bible, um, Psalm 127 verse 3 says that children are a heritage of the Lord and the fruit of the womb is his reward. And I have four kids and I know it is not easy to raise children. Yeah. But I don't care what your kids do. God gave you your kids. You're not supposed to send them off to anyone, even grandma, okay, unless it's to watch the kids for an hour or something or for a weekend. I understand that. I'm talking about if your kids misbehave, you don't send them off to some other person. That's not right to begin with. And that disturbed me at first. But then when I began to learn what was taking place at these places, I don't even know what you want to call these places, Baptist... Um, Logs. Yeah, Baptist concentration camps, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. But the other thing is, too, that the parents are supposed to teach the kids. So even with public schools and stuff like that, everybody knows I believe in homeschooling. But it's dangerous enough just to send your kids off to a public school. These days, it's physically dangerous and spiritually dangerous. And this situation that happened to you is so unthinkable. Yeah. I just want to, I just want to hear in your own words because I don't know where to begin. Well, you know, I don't talk very much about what happened to me, and a lot of that is because it's going on now. Hips of the house is open right now, and there are girls there right now, and they're in danger, in my opinion. And I was there over thirty years ago. I'm 53 years old. In 1981, I was taken to Hep's the house. I just turned 15. And let me tell you, Brian, <laughs> that was the most shocking, traumatic experience. And I'd come from, you know, a difficult childhood. It was unbelievable. It was third world gulag is what it was. Um, starvation. I lost 40 pounds in four months. And I was a slender girl going in. A hard manual labor, not the kind of manual labor that I, I suppose in some way it was profitable to the Williams compound, but not the kind of work you would have people doing that was profitable to have people doing, but they had free labor. You know, it was, it Were was. Were you convicted of a crime? Were you sent here by a judge because of, uh, Absolutely, no. as, a, as a sentence? Absolutely not. No. And, and uh, <laughs> I just can't. Because what you've already shared with us, I, I was going to ask this question, but you answered it for me, is is this place still operational? Hepzibah House. Yeah. And there's no way of us knowing if they've repented of their methods or not, because I know they have been exposed by other people. Brian, this my heart is here, because I would like them to repent and to make amends to these young women that they have hurt, hundreds, hundreds of them that I'm in contact with. They have not repented because they've not reached out to these women and they've not made amends and they haven't told the truth. That is the first step is they need to tell the truth. They need to stand up and say, yes, these things happened and we're sorry. (laughs) I'm so sorry. Now, when you arrived, when you first arrived, 
I understand you were put through what's similar to when prisoners arrive at a prison where they are somewhat desensitized or dehumanized, I guess, and so that you were detached from really your own. Explain about what the first few weeks were like. Well, the first few weeks, you know, like you said, just like putting any prisoner into prison camp, they took away all personal identifying anything, anything that you identified with stripped away. You're put in a uniform, made the shower in front of staff. Um, some, some women had the decency of a curtain. Some didn't, or some girls. I mean, we're talking girls between the ages of 10 and about 16 and a half. Yeah, this is disturbing. Some of these girls were given cavity searches. I'm not kidding. I have reports of a 12-year-old girl getting a cavity search. I can't. Um, I, I can't talk about that. I, I, I don't know what to say. I um, yeah, I, I. But this is the problem. This is why I want to talk about it on this show. Is whole, it's real? It's really happening. It's and this real. is under the guise of Jesus Christ. Give me a break. Yes. Yes. And love and bringing these girls. I, Brian, these are girls from broken homes. These are girls from dysfunctional homes. These are girls who, some of them might be rebellious, but by and large, the girls who are victims of molestation, abuse at home, or broken families. That is 90% of the girls who get sent to Hepzibah House. They're inconvenient, uncomfortable, or dangerous to their families. And then they take these girls and they put them through. And the, and the reason there's a difference in how traumatic that intake is is because more rebellious girls got it worse. Girls who they really needed to put in their place quicker got it worse. So um, wow. I shake when I talk about it. I have I'm seven daughters. I, I Well, praise God for that. I can't imagine my daughter's going through going through this i i have to fight for the women who are going through this now what sickens me too is that they have a man that was in charge of this place and then i believe his son took it over yeah and you know as a man as a father we're supposed to be an example of jesus christ and we're supposed to be christ is our authority and then we are supposed to love not just our wives, but show an example of love to our daughters and women of the Lord Jesus Christ as that male figure, you know? And and for a man to abuse his authority, first of all, as I said, I can't believe fathers would send mm-hmm. their girls to go through this and woe yeah. unto them, woe unto them, thousands of times, woe unto them. And God will forgive them if they repent. But I can't imagine making that decision and making that call. But this is where, you know, I have talked and made videos online before about the Baptist churches. They're just as cult-like in many instances as the Catholic Church, as other denominations, because they have this hierarchy, they have this denominational lockdown where they will not waver from, they won't admit they were wrong. They won't 
they won't put a stop to this. These men are being shifted around to other Baptist churches, mm-hmm. just like the Catholic priests are sent down to another state. They just got done molesting 45 kids. They get caught. Oh, we'll just send them down here to this other parish. Mm-hmm. The Baptist church yep. is doing the same thing, and it's just not right. It's it's Antichrist. It isn't right. And I'm Baptist, Brian. I'm Baptist. <laughs> but that doesn't mean I agree with this. This is, And then that's why I'm here, and that's why I try my hardest to give a voice to these young women and to to comfort them, but, you know, to stand firm. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not giving up. I'm not pushing out an anti-Baptist church message. I'm, I'm most okay. identify well, with Baptist doctrine in most cases. But I'm not talking about believing right. in the Bible. I'm talking about right. using the Bible as an excuse and a tool to abuse people systematically. Yeah. That's and wrong. It's, and know, it's, it's, it's satanic. Very, it is satanic, but it's it's happened in, you know, in very slow steps, like the frog and the boiling water, you know. This has happened slowly and you know, heads of the house, wicked, evil, deceitful, sinful place. Horrible abuse goes on there. It absolutely should be. But when I call, I, I turn to the Baptist leaders in my faith, in my church, the deacons, the supporters, the, the Baptist pastors that I know and love, they're really hesitant to help me, to join forces with me, to cause trouble, to make waves. And I understand their position, but I have to say, I think they're in there. I think they are. I think to allow this to go on and to not stand up against this kind of abuse is the same thing as moving abusive pastors from church to church. Covering, not saying anything. The Baptist church, the Catholic church, they need to set in place protections for the young people. And when something bad happens, they need to own it and face it and deal with it. Yes, and children should be raised and taken care of by their parents. And if there's a problem... They do not need to be shipped off to some horrifying place and abused by strangers. We'll be right back for more of our interview with Hapsbaugh House survivor Susan Grady. Be right back on Truth Dealer Radio. Truth Dealer Radio. No matter what time zone you're in, it's Truth O'Clock. Since 2016, KJV Prepper has been providing quality, original Christian apparel and gear that will witness to non-believers and encourage believers in the Lord Jesus Christ. All designs are original, and all apparel is printed here at the KJV Prepper Workshop in beautiful upstate New York. Visit kjvprepper.com for effective Christian apparel, worn to worn. Praise God, we are having a President's Day sale event this weekend coming up. It's going to be 20% off. We also have Truth Dealer Radio coffee mugs there. I'm not sure how many people are listening out there, but they say Jesus is Lord on one side. The other side has its truth o'clock. You can find those mugs at kjvprepper.com. Now we're going to rejoin our interview with Susan Grady, who is a survivor of Hepzibah House. It's not going to help a young person heal, and this is not how you lead somebody to the Lord for them to be saved. I understand, you know, people need to repent. That's a work of God. 
in someone's heart. You can't force somebody to put on a you can't right. you can't abuse somebody into getting saved. No. Where did this ever come from? What person thought this up? I know it's satanic at the root, but where does it stem from? Do you know? So this goes back to your earlier statement. Ron Williams believes it is love to abuse these women. He believes it is love to treat them with disdain and harm them, that it's for their own good. Ron Williams, in his writing, actually states that the bluing of the wound is a, is a means of grace, is a means of salvation. He's a wicked devil. Yeah, I, I, I have to say that I agree with you, because if he wasn't, I have asked countless times for him to meet with me. He won't, because he's a wicked devil. And there's a lot of money. Yeah, I was going to say that follow the money is always, you know, the Bible clearly says that the love of money is the root of all evil. But I want to get back oh, yeah. to your details. After arriving and being treated the way you described, what were some of the normal day-to-day events that you would classify as abuse, whether spiritual or physical or both? Um, well, the beatings, the obvious things, beatings and starvation were the norm. Um, both of those things they've mitigated, they're doing other things now. Um, so we were so hungry, literally girls would be beaten for taking a dirty potato out of the ground and trying to eat it. Um, everybody was losing a lot of weight when I was there, uh, but you know, we're full lockdown. We couldn't even go to the bathroom. They took the door off the bathroom and hung a shower curtain. And then a staff person would take you to the bathroom and then wait outside the curtain while you went. And then... Were you denied access to the bathroom? Were you told you you have to go yes. at a certain time, so you had to hold your Absolutely. urine? Yeah. Yes. Yes. There were a certain amount of scheduled bathroom breaks a day. I think it was five. And everybody went at the same time. And then you could sometimes, if staff was in a good mood, they'd let you go in between then if you were liked, if you were, you know, once in a while, but it was rare. Usually they said no, and girls would have an accident. And then you were treated badly for that, right? You were shamed. And- oh, terribly, terribly, yeah. Um, we were called harlots. In my time, we were called harlots. I've heard that they've used horror, um In the later years, um, sluts was used not directly, kind of as a, as kind of a global word, you know, if you wear pants, you are sluts, (laughs) kind of thing, not you are a slut. Right. But they did, they used shocking language to describe us strange women, um, we had the heart of a strange woman, we, uh... Now, this is when you get there and they don't really know you or what you've been through as a person that God created, that God loves. No. They're just treating you like a bad kid. You're a bad, wicked little sinner. You're here because you're a strange woman or you're you're a naughty girl and we're Mm going to... Break you. Rough you up and break you until you realize how loving we are. Exactly. And it took about three or four months to break a girl. And you would see them break. You know, you would see it. You would see the light go out of their eyes. When they finally accepted, there was no way out. Um, And they just turned off every part of them, you know, that was unique or 
um, turned off your brain. Uh, so that's really what they want in mind control. Yes. And when you join a cult, this is their goal. They want you yeah. in perfect submission, and they want you to go away, and they want you to become assimilated into their Borg-like right. group. And right. I, I find it, I, I have not heard about any sexual abuse at these places, but then again, yeah. I think this guy got a sadistic, some kind of a strange, he has a strange fetish with abusing people, so I don't know where that crosses a line, but I keep waiting to turn the page and, and hear about that kind of abuse because that's so prevalent. And and this place was tied in, I believe, with the Jack Hiles yeah. mm-hmm. and all their methods, which is very much sexual, deviant. Yeah. We have never come across a single person who said that they were raped at his mouth. The pelvic exams were a sexual assault of sorts. Definitely. Um, they would drag these little... Yeah, they'd drag these little girls into the basement and do these exams on them while they cried for their mom. You know, that's an assault. But actually being raped, 250 women, and not one has made the accusation that they were raped at Hesla House. Praise God there, but it's still... Praise God. (laughs) Yeah, but the, the other thing is, you know, we don't know what they were doing here. Did they have cameras? They do. You know, because there's so much now with the child trafficking and child mm-hmm. pornography and, and all these other crimes. What's really going on in there? Who's monitoring this? Nobody's monitoring it. Yeah, it's under the guise of an autonomous, independent Baptist or whatever kind of Baptist, 501c3. Well, see, this is how it works. Ron Williams is the director of Hepzibah House, which is run under the authority of Believer's Baptist Church, which is run by Don Williams, Ron Williams' son. And the son runs the school, correct? Yeah, which is a joke. <laughs> I've heard that you were not allowed to speak to the other girls. Is this um, right? Most of the time, no. Most of the time, you were not allowed to speak to anybody. There were times in the day when you were allowed to speak, if it was supervised, and then only some girls could speak. Some girls who were in punishment couldn't speak I've, I've heard reports of girls not allowed to speak or make eye contact with anybody for four years. Wow. Imagine, imagine what that would do to a developing teenage girl's brain. I mean, it's, her physical and social development yeah, is just devastating. That's torture. Yeah, and it's, it's heartbreaking to hear about it. And thank God we know the one who can help someone that's been through that, the Lord. Yeah. And he can help people with anything. If you're listening and you've been through any kind yeah. of abuse, the Lord is there. And he is, he understands he's been through anything we can imagine. And he is there for you and he loves you. So, What people don't understand is that I went into Hepzibah House a Christian. Um, when I came out of Hepzibah House, I absolutely believed everything that Ron Williams was teaching. When I went in there, I was horrified at the abuse I saw. I was horrified by the conditions. I, I literally, I felt guilt every night because I wasn't doing something to save and protect the other girls. Um, and then by the time I got out of there, almost well, 29 months later, I felt righteous and superior because I had 
I had mastered all the rules of Hepzibah House. I had learned enough scripture. I said the right things. I read the right Bible. I felt like, you know, I had achieved some sort of holiness. And I no longer felt compassion for the girls there who came in and were getting in trouble and getting beaten. And, and you know, they would look to me. And I, I no longer felt that guilt and that pain of compassion. Um, it's very difficult for me to admit to, but I, that did happen. I had, I don't know exactly how, but when I got out of Hepzibah House, and it was my parents' pastor, had come to visit me and decided that I was in trouble, and he had urged my parents to get me out. So um, they, I was very close to my high school graduation, um, and I was supposed to stay after that, but my parents took me out. Um, against Ron Williams' wishes. But, um, How long does Ron Williams expect for a young lady to stay at his slave camp? Till they're 30 um, or 40? I mean... <laughs> He's got several that have stayed that long. Um, then you just become but, the next Nurse Ratchet? You become the next exactly. enforcer and maybe one or, of his wives or, or something? Or he marries you into... You know, he's got kind of an outer circle. I think the idea is between the him and the girl's parents that they find a spouse, and she stays until she's either put into some sort of Christian service as like a housekeeper for somebody, or she's married off to somebody. I, that, that's his ideal. That's messed up. Yeah, it is messed up. Once you get in there, you're kind of locked into this cult for you you know you the fact that the lord allowed you to escape is really beautiful and you know then he yes. restored you he restored your your love um and your compassion he did he did and in getting out and, and when i realized when i understood that ron williams had lied i think you know it was such a cataclysmic thing i had under torture under those incredibly, incredible pressures for a young person, um, and the, the physical and mental torture, the depravity, the isolation, I broke, and I believed everything, and I, I, I took the party line, you know. I became a good Ron Williamsite, and I practically worshipped him. And then I got out and found out he had lied. He lied to me. He withheld information from my parents that he had told me my parents knew. He withheld information from me that he told me my parents, they were writing me and he wasn't giving me the messages. All kinds of things were going on that... So aside from lying. him, yeah, aside from him twisting the scriptures and lying about God and... That he and was lying. He was lying right. about facts, about communication from your parents that he wasn't letting you read. Exactly. That's abusive. He was playing my parents and I against each other. I think they do that to everyone. It's mind-boggling to me, though. I mean, I I trusted him. You know, I was a kid. That's how they turn you to, he's your new daddy. Your parents don't yes. really love you. They sent you here. That's, I'm all you have. I'm your cult leader. That's exactly it. That's exactly it. Very disturbing. And we're going to wrap up the rest of our interview with Susan Grady in next week's podcast, we'll have part two 
We're going to find out what happened to Susan after she escaped from Hepspa House. And we're going to find out how a strange phone call from Ron Williams, the demonic leader of Hepzibah House, how God used that phone call to prompt Susan to start on this mission of exposing the sin that's going on there, while at the same time helping the past victims and the girls that are currently still there. And her website is hepzibahgirls.blogspot.com, where you can learn more about the victims' stories. I'll have the link in the description box of this episode and part two. This is a very important and near and dear topic as a father. Um, the Bible says, Ephesians 6, 4, And ye fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. There's nothing nurturing about Hepzibah House or any of these types of places where your parents are not even there. And Susan... And at such a young age, she was told her parents didn't care. They were writing her letters, and Ron Williams wasn't letting her read them. Meanwhile, he was lying to the parents about her. What a wicked devil. And then, and meanwhile, he's profiting off the abuse. Now, I don't care how many policies they've changed over the years because they got caught red-handed. It's still abuse because it's physical abuse with the nourishment aspect, the labor aspect, and it's emotional abuse, and it's spiritual abuse, worst of all, because they misrepresent the Lord Jesus Christ. And we're not going to stand for that. We need to expose those works of darkness, reprove them, expose them, and I would like to find a way to shut this place down in all places like it. Innocent people suffering, and you know, it's in the name of the Lord that we serve. We need to have something to say about that. Mark 9 42 says, And whosoever shall offend one of these little ones that believe in me, it is better for him that a millstone were hanged around his neck and he were cast into the sea. It's serious business. And I just want to thank you for listening. Truth Dealer Radio is listener supported. If you want to support Truth Dealer Radio, there's a way to do that at truthdealer-radio.com. God bless you all. Be strong. Truth Dealer Radio. No matter what time zone you're in, it's Truth O'Clock. Truthdealerradio.com. You keep talking about Jesus. Some folks out there just might be listening. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.